All right, welcome to the We Shape podcast. I'm Katie. I'm one of the co-founders of We Shape. I'm here with Tyler, the other co-founder of We Shape, uh, and Nina, our brand advocate. Uh, we are here because we feel like we want to have a discussion about toxic weight loss culture. Uh, I think we'll give a little bit of history. Tyler and I have been running uh, health and fitness uh, products and businesses for a number of years. Yeah, 10 years now. And, you know, along the way, I was always really, I've loved business, so I was always feeling pretty fulfilled in my work, but there was always something missing for me. And I think for you too. Yeah. yeah and for sure. a couple years ago, um, you came to me and you said, you know, I like our products. I feel like our products are good, but like I really want to go a little deeper and figure out a way to create a product that would really help people in their body and stop focusing so much on weight loss and all this stuff. And I said, okay, well, you're the biomechanics king, so what kind of product do you want to make? Uh, we thought it would take a few months. It took two years. <laughs> Some different. That's a different podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, but long story short, we self-funded and did a, basically started a SaaS startup. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're, we're trucking along, we're trucking along, and I'm like, ah, something's still missing for me. I think it's a phenomenal product that really focuses on individual needs and offering people like a wonderful at-home workout that's like literally scalable for anybody. But I was like, I need this product to sit on something more meaningful, even though I felt like it was such a phenomenal product that was focusing more on a feeling and less about weight or looks or whatever. And so I was getting really irritated with myself, like one of those things where you're falling asleep thinking about it. I'm like, I just, I need to solidify this mission. And I remember having this like conversation with myself, like just let it go and you'll figure this out. Like stop trying to control and push everything. So six months went by, <laughs> and through my surrender process, it came to me one day. And it was actually with Nina. So just, I guess, to also share with people, Nina and I have been best friends for... 12 years? 12 years. And we get, like, basically the dream of being able to work together. I mean, it's that's, like, my dream. So um, anyway, she came over. It was a Friday night. We were taking a hot tub. We were talking about... Normal Friday night. You know, permanent house guest. <laughs> yeah basically live there yeah <laughs> you do and we were in the hot tub and I'm, I'm just gonna share this hope that's okay absolutely um and we were prepping for your wedding reception that was coming up like two weeks from then or something three weeks I don't know yeah. and you looked at me and you're like yeah I, I, I have the outfit but like and it fits me and it's great but if I lost 10 pounds I would love it even more and I went bingo that shit is fucked up like, I remember looking at you going like, you are my best friend and I do not want you to change anything about yourself. Why are you doing that? And then I went through a whole narrative in my own mind. Well, you do that when you are prepping for an event. And, and then I went, oh my God, this is so toxic. This is so toxic and we're like passing this off as normal. Yeah. And then I said, this is it. This is what I need to tackle. Um, if any, if for nothing less than to be able to be an example to my two kids who are both girls growing up in a society that basically normalizes these types of behaviors and conversations. So then that that's kind of where we we started more of the mission of the company in, in terms of, and it was perfect because I feel like our product really does, uh, is, is it really solidifies that mission, but I needed there to be more of a cause behind what we were, what we were doing and what we were delivering to our, to our members. So here we are. I felt like the podcast would be a phenomenal way just to have a discussion. I want to also mention just for the three of us, like this is, none of us are experts in breaking toxic weight loss culture. We no, are on true. a journey <clears throat> and on a path of discovery and we're all going to try to hold curiosity. And my hope is that eventually we'll have guests on the podcast that can share their experience. Like I want to learn more, but I feel like we can't learn more until we like stop and, and decide that we need to talk about it first. I feel like there's also a lot of shame in it. Like once yeah, we started looking like at our dynamic around wow. over the last 12 years about all the diets we did together, I was like, this is kind of shameful. It was well, like a major linchpin of our friendship. I mean, like, I'm like, I'm doing this right now. And you'd be like, I'm doing this right now. And like, that was like a full thing we would pass back and forth. And then you would always make fun of us because yep. we could never, <laughs> because we could never follow through with never any of them. Never stuck to it, ever. Yeah, never hard. were successful. It's hard. And I have the opposite problem where like I have this brain that can focus in on something, but then I become dogmatic about it and then society will reward somebody who can stay diligent on something, but it's still, you're still stuck in the same cycle. It's still the same toxic cycle. 
Do you guys want to talk about those diets? <laughs> you guys want to like God. jump into the? I was gonna start with something light. Like <laughs> Nina and I were talking last night about what we were gonna be for Halloween, and I was like, "This is a heavy topic. What if we started the podcast with Tyler guessing our Halloween costume, and then we can just kind of lighten the mood a little bit?" But I don't know if you're up for that. Oh, you already told me your Halloween costume. Oh no, we oh, changed you it. You changed it. Oh no, he doesn't oh. know what it is. Oh, okay, oh I don't know. I don't, I've got it's no a, clue. You got to get three guesses. It's a duo. Okay. It's a duo. Classic give, duo. Okay, give me like a little. Duo. Give me a little hint. Little hand. Like there's a lot Nin- of duos 90s. out there. 90s. Well, not to, no. Oh, that's gonna give it away, girl. Okay. <sighs> 90s movie. <laughs> 90s movie. Okay. One of my top three favorite movies of all time. Beaches. There's no. What's I'm, what? One of us. That's like a no? terrible movie where one of the friends dies. Oh my like, god. No, I'm not gonna be that <laughs> for all the week. 90s movie. That's there's terrible. two women. I've there's never one of them does beaches, die. That's true. So. Okay, okay, that's a different mm. problem. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Stop the podcast. I okay, you got one of guess. Okay, one, one guess. guess. Okay, I need another hint. I got. I need a hint between guesses. My top Tyler. I'm actually kind of embarrassed for him to be honest. We've been married for how many years have we been married? Uh, f- uh, fourteen. <laughs> I think it's fifteen. <laughs> I think it's fifteen. It doesn't matter. But the fact that this is a top move. This could arguably top she two. She watches it every year. I'm giving your husband hints. I know, <laughs> I'm actually horrible at guessing things okay. like this. So this okay. is, you know, okay. I'm you, on the spot here. You, Give me Nina like a, a and minute. I are going to be Harry and Marv from Home Alone. You know, I was going to say Home Alone, but it just didn't make sense to me. But now it does. Yep. It's perfect. I like it. a silver tooth. I like it. Super dope. That's so if amazing. There, if there's no other history that I need to give about our friendship. It's yeah. that yeah. right there. Nina and I are going to be Harry and Marv for Halloween. Is one of our children going to be Macaulay Culkin? Is that what we're doing? I know I can never convince them to do the costumes. <laughs> no, nah, they never want to do it. Okay. All right. Well, now that we got that fun thing out of the way, um, where do you guys want to start? I mean, I was going to jump in like with like a, the, the the beginning. Really, I mean, we started, and I'm just going to say like, go go for it, girl. Primal, primal just... bitches. <laughs> I mean, we we nicknamed one of our first diet attempts together. Uh, we were going to do primal, which is essentially paleo plus dairy, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, which true. you're allergic to. Which dairy, Which I am so that allergic wasn't a to good dairy. Idea. So eating that was a bad call. Um, that's a whole different story. My lactose intolerance is its own podcast, absolutely. But um, the, the part about that makes me laugh so hard is that we were going to diet while you were recovering from ankle surgery. You actually had gotten ankle surgery. You could not walk. And we were like, no, we're going to we're gonna eat cucumbers instead of chips with our hummus. It's going to be fine. We're just going to sit on the oh, couch. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And we believed so, so fervently in this diet that we were actually going to pay my ex-boyfriend at the time and your husband uh, money if we didn't follow through. If you didn't fall. We were going to give them $100. I forgot that And we failed by day two. (laughs) And we were like, we'll pay you. We don't care. It's fine. You know? And I'm sure that was a hit for our morale. But it's a funny story now. But, like, looking at it at a bigger picture of, like, the diets that we went on after that. And all of it literally was so we would lose weight. Literally. There was no other purpose. It wasn't to be more athletic. It wasn't to feel, you know, more healthy. It was just to, like, literally No, you were going to eat something that you were allergic to in hopes of losing weight. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I didn't really realize the lactose intolerance at that point. It was still kind of new on the scene, but it was a significant problem. Yeah. I mean, so one of the questions that I do want to ask right off the bat is like, first of all, I think everybody experiences this in a very yeah. different way. I think the thing that I just really want to bring to light is like how much we normalized it and how I still right. find myself doing things today where I go, that's messed up. Like, yeah. why are you thinking that way? And I just want to know, like, I... Well, you, can, can I yeah. can I jump in here yeah. real quick? I just want to for for the audience. Like, I think not everybody's familiar with the term toxic weight loss culture, and we're talking about diets that you've done and there's workouts that you've tried, and you know, motivated by the wrong reasons to change the way you looked rather than something more intrinsic like changing the way you feel. So, like, would one of you care to jump in and just like just educate the audience from the start, like? What cycle do you see? Like, what's the toxic weight loss culture that you're seeing that we're trying to break here as a company that's really the the core mission of our our business now? I mean, I think... Again, I'm not the expert on this. My my intention for doing this is to better understand myself because I do feel like a responsibility selling a fitness product to not participate in that cycle. And I will say we, in the past, with our old products, we were actually very guilty of that. Sure. And it was it was lack of self-awareness that like, this isn't okay. And a lot of it was just that I was normalizing those things in myself. And so I felt like it was okay to be selling things right. that targeted Every, weight everybody loss. Everybody does. Everybody and does. So, um, but, so I don't want to, I don't want to like educate anybody because like I'm getting educated myself. But yeah. I think, uh, I think intention, intentionality is very important. So why? like, like why if I'm going to like, if I'm going to work out or I'm going to exercise, it's going to be because like, 
I want to feel better. Like I want to sleep better. I want to feel like more like, you know, it's like sometimes my my back will kind of hurt. I'm like, oh, if I could do some yoga or something, oh, that makes me feel better, right? Yeah. So I think intention is is a really big a big part of it. I think in the past, I mean, we're both extremely guilty of using yeah. exercise as a punishment. So like oh, last yeah. night yeah, we ate that dessert, and so like tomorrow I have to make sure that my calorie burn is the is the same as the dessert from the night before. It's like I. I have a theory, and I don't have any evidence um, to back this <laughs> great up. Great start. Yeah, great start. But I have a theory that a lot of the reason why people will often say that they want to start an exercise program is because they want to change the way they look, but that's also the reason why nobody falls through with it. Right. Because you're, so, you're motivated from the wrong space, right? And I think that just from my personal perspective, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, like I've watched you do a lot of different fitness routines before, and you'd do them for a little while, and then you'd fall off the wagon, you'd do them for a little while, and fall off the wagon. And it was uh, it was a while ago now, but um, maybe a couple years, but you, you, you hired a trainer, you started working with them, and the intention changed from, I'm gonna do this so I can look a certain way, to like, I just need to do this to just maintain my strength, my flexibility, to feel good in my body. And I've heard you share this before, your, um, your, your like the objections that you have changed completely. So it's no longer like, oh, I can't believe I have to go do this workout so that I can burn these calories so that I can change the way I look to like, oh, this is like a part of who I am now. And I'm doing it to take care of myself rather than feel pressure to change myself. Well, and I want right? to highlight the most important thing. It's not that I'm following through with it. It's that I'm actually listening to myself. So the other right. day, even I, the night before I was like, I can tell that I'm starting to like go on empty here. And I wasn't even quite on empty, but I was like, I'm going to cancel my appointment tomorrow. And I feel like an older version of myself was like, you failure, like you can't do it. And now it's like, no, my body doesn't want to do that right now. Like yeah. my body needs rest. So it's, it's not, I also feel like my intention behind it is is more around flowing and not being so, I'm a very like type one, Enneagram one, whatever. <laughs> and so I was like, that that's not considered failure to not do it with like, I have to do it this many times a week. It's literally yeah. to flow with it and say, today my body feels like yoga, today my body feels like a, a walk, today my body feels like doing my strength training routine. Like it's not about setting up, in my opinion. And that's what has been sort of helpful for me is just like, I used to do like these workout programs with this trainer and I'd be like, I have these pair of jeans and they don't fit me and I'm gonna, and I'm like, that is crazy. You like hang it on the yeah. wall, you like look at the it's jeans. It's crazy. But I think like for me, and I'll just jump in here for a second, but like I know, the many diets I've tried, the different kinds of exercises I've tried, so many times those things have injured me. Like physically, I, my, I've hurt myself doing an mm -hmm. exercise system to try to like get thinner faster, or I've literally, like like we were talking about, like eaten something that makes me feel sick, like my body actually feels bad when I eat it. At the like, I'm just, it, it was worth the cost, right? Like I just wanted to be thinner, or I just wanted to be whatever. When I really actually felt terrible, I wasn't like strong, like I felt weak, I felt lightheaded sometimes. Like those things are such a high price to pay to like look different to some standard that's set by society. And isn't even supported by what my body physically wants to be when it feels good. And I think that's going back to what you're asking. Yeah. So I think that the cycle, when I think about it, I think there's many different ways to look at it and maybe even more than one cycle for sure. But it's sort of that society has set a standard that constantly changes, but yeah. it's usually every, one. Every decade it yeah. changes to something but it's else. Usually, this is the ideal body, right? But it's usually one standard, Sure. right? So like in the 90s, it was very like, rail thin, you know, low rise jeans, right. like the thinner the better, right? Um, I don't need to name the celebrities that were leading <laughs> that cause. But uh, so it's like, it's like, it's the one standard. Now it's more. It's a different group of celebrities yeah, yeah, leading the cause. Yeah, which yeah. is, yeah. Um, and so it was like one standard. And then when you think about, let's just like, it, I don't mean to like bash on the men right now, but I'm just gonna say like, let's just say, let's talk about women, because I do feel like, it, when I'm thinking about this body image in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about women, so I mean, I'm just gonna go there for now. Yeah. Um, but like four billion women, in, n there's no way there's one body image for four <laughs> billion women. So <laughs> society not. sets this, it's supported by the industry. Yeah. The industry realizes that like most 99% of people are not naturally like that. So now we can actually sell you something that will make you feel like you can get to that even though your natural body is not even meant I for mean, that. Even the models who generally on the catwalk, whatever, like have somewhat similar body types to that are still heavily photoshopped. They're still dieting and crash dieting to try to look like that. Like they aren't even naturally built like that. Speaking of that particular aesthetic. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, 
it's like so then you buy the product to get to look like that but you're buying it to like change the way you look so then With the wrong intention and then also your body wasn't meant to look like that so you don't actually reach the goal so then you give up and then you feel like shit about yourself and then a different product or a different fad comes in and says if you do this one then you will get it and you go oh I just did the wrong program mm. yeah. but I think yeah. that like we're getting to a point now where it's like okay I've done the wrong program 25 <laughs> times maybe that's not the way to think about it anymore or, and when, you're, or you're coming from the wrong motivation because other people will start a program and then not complete it well, I don't know what that's coming from necessarily but usually the wrong motivation right the wrong intention and then they go to the next program or they blame themselves and that one thing I wanted to comment on that you said earlier was one of the most common themes I see when talking to people about this is when they set up that routine and they they don't follow the routine because they're tired or whatever one day they I, they don't just say like I failed today let's move on they identify themselves as a failure. Or that it's not even a failure to not do it for one Right, day. right. It's not. Yeah. It's just, I think people need to give themselves some grace in a lot of this stuff too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, then you go buy the next product and it's just like the cycle continues, but it's like, it's like I heard someone talk on a podcast once where she was like, even if you achieve the standard, not <laughs> everybody is going to like you anyway. Ugh. So you're never going to get full consensus that you've made it. Yeah. And so it's like, it's just, total setup it's total setup and so when when we have been opening these dialogues in the company for the last six months or however long it's been now it's like you start just talking about it and and that's why I wanted to do this is because I'm like just talking about it makes me go through my day with a different level of awareness right oh I made that choice from that oh I made that choice from that and then I can evaluate like was that healthy? Was that like for your highest good? Was that serving you? Or was that from your programming of societal expectations around unrealistic body image? And then also the thing that happened right after our little hot tub incident. <laughs> Sounds so much worse. I know. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty bad when you think yeah. about it. But um, is uh, our daughter, who's nine, uh, has had Lyme's disease for the last couple of years. We're actually finally on the way out of that, thank God. But. Um, she, uh, we were working with a specialist, and one of the things we were doing was we were saying she was gonna be on a gluten-free diet to reduce inflammation. Now, I can sit in the science of that all day, and I can actually find evidence to show that that's a good choice. So I felt like I was making a good choice for her, but I started noticing that she was getting like pretty emotionally distressed that she would like go to a birthday party or go here or do these things and feel so restricted. Yeah. And then I started noticing that she was sneaking it Right. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of like the one thing in our family where I'm like, I really value honesty. So I was like, really like, okay, something, I'm doing something that's causing her to do that, right? Yeah. So I had to really look, that's the worst part about parenting is that all the things that your kids do that you don't like are actually your fault. So yeah. I started, <laughs> oh, man. I started looking in the mirror and then one day I sat down with her and I said, Ellie, I know that you're sneaking this or whatever and I just want to check in with you because can you help me understand this? And she said, well, I tried to tell you before that I was in jail and I asked you to let me out of jail and you didn't. So I needed to let myself out. Oof, so I'm God. not gonna live in the jail anymore. That was a kick in the gut, man. To, to just have that experience where you have this renewed awareness that like you're trying to do good and you're ignoring a different component of you know that little girl's development and it's forming something else that's bad, right? Okay, we solved the inflammation problem, but we built a eating disorder in the process. Disordered eating is yeah. so dangerous and so prevalent in our society at this time. Like, I think that everyone has come close to, if not like all the way touched an eating disorder to some degree. I was texting a girlfriend this morning about our breakfast and she's like, oh, I still scoop my bagel. And I was like, you scoop your bagel? And she like, she that? scoops out the interior of her bagel in order to like have less bread. And I'm like, just eat the just eat the bagel, babe. Like, it's, you're gonna be okay, you know. And it's like these things that were taught in Cosmopolitan magazine or wherever else, like that, like these little tricks, these little hacks. And I'm like, is that like intuitively eating and trusting that like I'm hungry right now, I'm gonna eat this thing, I'm gonna just go about my life like and enjoy food. Like, it's so bizarre to me how we've, normalized it is. We've to have really taken eating. the pleasure out of eating. Even like people Big who time. are athletes, and like I know you have a lot of experience with this, like who are tracking their macros, like really significantly, like if you're doing that for like a particular reason, like I can understand it, but when you're measuring everything you put in your mouth and like down to the like the grams and stuff, I'm like, do you, are you enjoying, like I, is that really working for your highest good? Like I have curiosity around that. Cause yeah. it feels disordered to me today. It, it, I think it, yeah, it's just a different side of the same problem, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, 
when we get so married to something. I'm, and I'm just, I should be very clear that I'm the guilty party of this <laughs> right here, you know? And a great example would be, um, you know, I was really into the keto diet a right. couple of years ago. And I, I liked the keto diet. It worked really well for me for a little while. But then during my workouts, I started to literally like start blacking out during my workouts. And I was like, oh, why, why is this happening? And I'm ignoring like biochemistry that says when you're doing um, uh, high intensity activities that require lots of glycogen and you have no glycogen, then your body has to you go into <laughs> this, this state where it produces glycogen from protein, right? It's called gluconeogenesis. And that is word. a slow process. It's not a fast process. So you end up having these blood sugar issues, right? And so my blood yes. sugar, I even measured it. It was spiking like I had diabetes after a workout. And it was really, I mean, to the point where, remember at the gym, we had this gym and they were saying like, they were gonna put a croissant, a gluten-free croissant in a glass case. And if I passed out, they were gonna smash the glass case and shove the croissant in my face, right? Because I was so focused on that. And it wasn't until I just relaxed and was like, maybe I could eat some carbs, that all of a sudden the workouts came back, everything Yeah, my felt favorite good, part about you, you is know. that happened like a dozen times before <laughs> you were like, let me actually evaluate why this is happening. Yeah, well, I think that's I'm so, a little persistent. So, so important, right? Is like we've all done this over and over yeah. and over again. Like that's what this discussion's about. Like I ate things that made me feel sick and like hurt my stomach for like 10 years before I was like, whoa, like should I check in with my body and see how I feel when I'm doing this? Like you did keto. Keto works terribly for you. Know, you felt terrible. lightheaded. You felt sick. Like it was awful for you. You are over here like passing out during workouts. Like and we're doing <laughs> these things that are like harming our physical bodies just to like try to fit a standard. I mean, like I know that you and I grew up in the 90s. So like we're like heroin chic skinny. Like that's like the thing that's like ingrained in our brain. And now like it's a lot more curvy. It's a lot more like uh, enjoying different body types now. But like, you know, that's still not really in my head today. Like I see that's a girl weird. built like me in a crop top. I'm like, you look so cute, girl, get it. But then like I think of myself like that. And I'm like, oh no, I could never wear that. Like that's not gonna work for me because Aww. my brain's still really hardwired that yeah. way. Neuropathways. Hard to break. Do you know anything? I don't know as much as I want to know about neuropathways, but something tells me you do. <laughs> it's repetition. It's the re repetition is what creates neural pathways in the first place. So, you know, like in a great example, when they would do studies, they could like tape people's fingers together, right? And they keep their fingers taped together for 30 days and they take the tape off. And it was like really difficult for those people to peel their fingers apart from each other because the neural pathways began to wire that way. Whoa. Or here's even a trippier one. They put glasses on people that inverted their vision so that when they put the glasses on, the whole world was upside down. A few days into the experiment, their brain flipped the image back over, right? And they wore them for, I think it was like 30 days, and don't quote me on the time. Then they take the glasses off, the world was upside down because that. the brain had adapted to the environment. So neural pathways form, and the more we do something, the thicker and the, the more grooved they get. The way I like to think about it is if like, you have a nice big dirt hill and you put a hose at the top, and it's gonna, like, first the water's gonna pick all these different pathways, but if you let it keep running the same way, they're gonna groove and groove and groove and groove and groove and get deeper and deeper. And the deeper they get, the less room there is for flexibility in creating new neural pathways. So that's part of the reason why I love movement so much. And the theme of what we're trying to do is help people connect with their bodies. Because when we connect with our bodies, not uh, do cardio and pump our muscles, but really connect to the movements that we're doing intentionally, like feel how your body feels when you move, you develop new neural pathways. Your body stimulates what's called brain-derived neurotropic factor. And that is helping to grow and re-stimulate neural pathways in the brain. So not only is conscious movement helping you to um, change the way your body feels and the what you can do in the real world, but it's also helping your brain adapt and become more adaptable and more flexible at the same time. Okay. So. so that's why I think like just opening this dialogue is important because I feel like it's gonna, I mean, even though I'm like hyper aware of it now, um, I still find myself kind of doing what you're doing. Like, oh my gosh, that girl looks so cute in that outfit. I would never do that. She's like, it's like it's like I could never do that for myself, but she looks amazing, right? right? And so, like, I think it's just going to take time and awareness and and discussion Reps. and and creating new neural pathways. And I think it's difficult yeah. when you grow up in an like when your brain is developing, and those are the neural pathways that were formed for you. And that's why it was like a really big wake up call for me with our daughter because I was like, these cannot be her neural pathways. Like, yes, I might be decreasing some physical inflammation whatever I can speak to the science of that if I want but I'm causing a bigger emotional problem that I I, I feel like that is actually worse than than the physical problem so um, I think it's about yeah I think it's about and that's the other thing is it's not about like saying oh well whatever like forget all that we'll just do whatever do you whatever, know yeah it's like I also think it's just like checking in with your body 
You know, it's like sometimes, but then also giving yourself like, oh my gosh, I ate 16 cookies and I actually feel terrible. And instead of judging myself, I'm going to remind myself that like, Next time I'm given that opportunity. 15 cookies. Maybe it's just 15. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, To me, it's not about, like, I, I really want to deconstruct this one size fits all. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to be gluten free and you have to be keto. And it's or like, that everyone has to do the same thing. Yeah. That's it's not like, the reality. It, it's not the reality. And there is a Chinese proverb that I always forget, but remember that one? <laughs> it's better to eat um, uh, bad food and feel good than good food and feel bad. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I yeah. want to like figure out how we can create more like pleasurable experiences in our food that are like, that the inner critic can like get at least turned way down. Right. Like we went to Europe with our family recently and both of us just enjoyed our experience. Right. And I think that what, what you're kind of talking about here is like, even when people have some sort of framework within their nutrition or their workouts or whatever, they don't ever give themselves a break. And the moment they give themselves a break or something happens and they don't follow something perfectly, again, they just they say, I'm a failure, I identify with a failure, and that usually causes them to not want to do that or it you know, diminishes their, um, their self-confidence. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, like, I've struggled with this a lot, like with, with the nutrition side of things especially, like where I would just go from like binging to um, eating clean. One time I watched Tyler <laughs> eating biscuits over the trash can. I'm calling you out. <laughs> And I'm calling you out because I've done this many times myself. But Do like it. on a cheat day, because there was times okay, in our diet. Oh, yeah. cheat days. The cheat days would be. The cheat days were pretty prolific. Yeah. They were yeah. some of the happiest days of my life, no lie. But the stomach aches, <laughs> stomach aches were never worth it. I mean, um, it's, it was it was binge It's binge It was binge yeah. It's I mean, not enjoy a dessert. We like, thought, oh, it's, it's a cheat day. I'm doing so good during the week. You know, I yeah. would write down it's a in my phone a list of all the things I yeah. wanted to eat so bad. Donuts I'm have for a, breakfast. A corn dog, and I'm gonna have this. And I remember <laughs> there's a picture on my Instagram from a hundred years ago of a macaroni and cheese bowl with a pretzel, like a soft pretzel, in it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you were eating these biscuits, and like you know, again, there's no form of moderation in any of these like, right. experiences we've had. There was no like, hey, I had a biscuit with my breakfast, and it was delicious, and then yeah. I went and uh, went on a walk with my family, and and the rest is a moot point. I, yeah, it was like I'm gonna eat eight biscuits over the trash can and throw them away because I can't have them in my home because if they're in my home I'll eat eight I more tomorrow -control, yeah. and like how do we like again that inner critic's a huge part of that for me like if I'm like okay well I, I fucked up today so I'll just really do really bad today but then tomorrow I'll just be perfect rather right. than like hey I had a couple biscuits at breakfast I was really hungry and then now I'm gonna just have a normal day yeah right? and you like, don't, not you don't have mess up at like 7 a.m. and then be like today's a wash it's a wash <laughs> might as well Let's just go to Burger King eat, yeah <laughs> well, I mean Cake just the idea like around like labeling that's what we would do though yeah for sure labeling food yeah good or bad good or bad yeah but like remember the first time i mean do you remember i should ask the first time that you were like this food is bad like i remember sitting at a restaurant table with my mom god bless her like she grew up with the same kind of messaging and like her being like stop eating the bread like it's bad like don't and i was just like a hungry kid you know like i was just probably had like sports that day or something and i'm still like bread is the enemy Right? You know, how do we not? Do 34 that? years. I'm 34 years old. Bread is the enemy. I got to really like unwind that one. I know. It's it's tough. We've been in a big debate in the company over this. Like, how do you talk to people about this? Because I think people want some advice. And how do we give them advice that's ultimately like, listen to your body and like, listen to your intuition and make sure you're doing it from the right intentions, not. Well, don't eat bread Monday through Friday, and then binge eat over the weekend, and you know what I mean. Like we're, we're like it's almost like we're building the problem if we if we give them too much of a framework and too many rules. Well, we used to do exercise products with uh, nutrition stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I literally can't do the nutrition stuff anymore because I can't give advice on this. Like it's, it's not one size it's, fits all. It's way too complicated. I'm sick of this like bucketing that we do around bad food and good food and you can do this and then like the judgment and like, like the judgment of self, the judgment of others. I was like, I literally can't participate in this until I figure out a better way. So um, we actually had a part of our product that had um, nutrition and recipes and stuff. And I was like, I told our tech team, I'm so sorry that you built that, but we're going to like not <laughs> do that because I just couldn't get my mind wrapped around how to do it in a healthy way. And yeah. I wasn't gonna embark on something like that with, I just, I couldn't be responsible for giving somebody advice around this anymore. Yeah. And I knew that our, our fitness product was way more aligned with like, do this as an act of self-care, do this, you know, use our product as an act of like self-love, not as yeah. a punishment, not as a means to change anything. And I, and I felt that we could really offer that. But the food stuff, I just, I'm still working it out myself, you know? And, and, and I think that, 
like even when our younger, our four-year-old will be like, is this healthy? I'm like, fuck, what did I do to you? And I'll be like, <laughs> you know, sometimes foods are healthy and sometimes foods are fun and don't worry so much about that. Yeah. You're safe. That's good you language know? to start with. Yeah. You know, I, I'm super happy you mentioned that because like even I, when we were talking about like, oh, what do we do with nutrition? I'm like, no, people need like guidance and rules. And then what happened was is our daughter came to us with this like kind of disordered um, thinking about gluten. And I was like, what do I know? about teaching people how to have a healthy relationship with food, right? Like it, when I think about my journey, it's like I'm an overweight kid, I feel insecure, I'm eating away my sorrows, I'm trying to fill that void with food, right? And um, and and I at some point go, I don't wanna do this anymore. I wanna look good naked, like everybody's thinking the pendulum about. pendulum swings. Right, so it swings and I go, okay, I'm gonna use like these diets and these programs. So like nutrition for me was partly health, a little bit, but definitely a large part of it was wanting to look a certain way, just like everybody else out there. And I was using it for that reason in a large way. But fitness was different because I got into fitness for that same reason. I wanted to do the bodybuilding stuff, but then I got injured and it became something about, hey, I'm, I'm young and I have a really bad injury and I need to figure out how to fix this. And that got me hooked on fitness for the sake of feeling better, for the sake of being able to move my body in ways that I didn't know it could move. It's like a, it's like a celebration of the human body. But the funny part for me, and not funny part, but the ironic part is people reward you when you're successful. Like you said, like people will become successful on these programs and people will say, oh, you're so good at this and you're so diligent, you're so disciplined and stuff like that. And you don't even realize it's still coming from that same place. It's coming from the same place of trying to fill that void when I was that you know insecure, overweight kid. But now it's coming from this place of now I want to be seen and loved and respected and, you know, because of my discipline and things like that. So, you know, I think that was a moment for me of just going like, even though that gets society to smile upon the results, it's still not coming from a good place. Right. And how do you really build that healthy relationship? Like, I don't actually have a good experience of building a healthy relationship with food. You know, it just swung from one side to the other. Yeah, I think that's what we're here like all working on. Like each day when we like interact with each other, with your children, like uh, I think that like you touched on something a second ago when you were speaking about like self-love. Like I really personally believe that if we can change the narrative inside our brains from like I'm not good enough, I don't look right, I need to fit this society standard that's given to me, like I will win eventually when I get there, which is like again an unattainable goal. We've discussed that. Like what would it look like if like I chose to make decisions around my fitness and my nutrition that were guided by self-love that were yeah. guided by like do i feel good when i eat this food do i feel like checking in like we have such a hustle and bustle lifestyle you know um in our country and with our, you know our phones and our computers and we're just like always running 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 when do we sit like at a meal and like take a bite and chew it and think like i watch tv while i eat like i'm on the phone like you know we're yeah. always kind of distracted and like does it make me feel good when i eat this thing does it make me feel good when i do that workout like if it doesn't then don't do that today and then if it doesn't like i don't know about for you guys but for me it's like okay then the inner critic needs to stop right mm. it's like okay yeah. so you know it's like i don't want to like have so much self-judgment around poor choices you know what I mean yeah. and I don't I don't know how to break that either but yeah I, I do think that it's important like even um I just there's such a different energy around I remember last week something so simple happened uh I got some ingredients from the store and was making a soup I just really wanted soup and the kids were just cutting the vegetables and we were putting them in and it was like no big deal and I just remember feeling like I had time and I just took the time and I just remember like enjoying the meal, but it wasn't like an older version of myself would be like, oh my gosh, like this is low calorie and this is perfect and I'll, th this is aligned <laughs> with my plan. And reasons. like, like it literally was like, I'm enjoying making this, this nutrient dense soup with my kids. Like it was just such a different, and I don't even know if that's toxic to be thinking about the food and nutrient density. I don't, I don't actually know. I think the important part is having curiosity, right? Like yeah. I think that's again, mm. what we're really here to facilitate is just a discussion around it. Like I noticed it in my daily life today, now that I have awareness around toxic weight loss culture, I'm like, oh, I'm doing that thing again. Rather than just like walking through my life thinking it's super normal. I mean, you and I, one of like the pride points of our relationship was like these hilarious like schemes we would get into about like how we would die. <laughs> 
diet. I mean, I'm sure you can remember many of them, but I'd be like, well, we're just going to not eat foods that start with M. You know what I mean? Like, we would just make this shit up and just, like, <laughs> think it was going to work and do it for a month, and maybe we get small results or whatever, but, like, we they never, never lasted. Yeah. We never yeah. got results. The only time I've ever actually been complimented on results of, like, some kind of weight loss, whatever, has been when I've been deeply depressed and lost, like, 30 pounds due to sadness. And people are like, oh, my God, you look so good. And you're like, I'm dying inside. Thanks. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's what's that's so fucked so up sad. about like, all this. Isn't that funny? That's what people comment on. You're like, I'm literally emotionally bankrupt. And they're like, you look great, though. You know, it's fucking oh terrible. It's, 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 it is hard. This is a hard thing because these are values that we have as a society. And mm-hmm. and value shifts are, are, are big things. And, like, I feel like one of the ways that I can – contribute to a value shift is is maybe in my parenting with my children that's kind of in my own it's like I feel like the only thing I can do is take responsibility for myself yeah and and not try to get overwhelmed with like oh we'll never be able to do this shift in our society this is just how it is forever um until I just kind of say well I'm going to work on on me and I'm going to work on shifting the value for myself and the value for my children and if everybody did that I mean, I mean, you've made some big changes already that you've, we've talked about in our friendship. Like, you're, like, recently, like, I unfollowed a lot of celebrities on Instagram that make me feel bad about myself. Like, that's huge, like, about changing the environment you're participating in. You yeah, know? you've like, got to make those choices consciously. It's not easy. Or, like, talking about this when we go out to eat or talking about this when well, we're together. What, what, what started, what's funny, it wasn't necessarily that hot tub thing. It was um, maybe two years ago when Ellie was almost seven we were talking about some diet we were going to do and I remember her oh, going yeah. what are you guys talking about mm. and then I had this mirror put in my face instantly and then <sighs> we and then you know what we did we said okay we can still keep doing this but just don't do it in front of Ellie mm. and then I was right. like we're just going to be secret toxic we were hiding dieters in the bedroom at one oh point my God. like late at night whispering about it <laughs> well I got to say I think that you said, you know, you can just change yourself and you can try to do your best for your family. But I think having this conversation is really important. And I think that you guys to touched start. on this in the beginning is is um, people are afraid to admit that this is a cycle that they're stuck in, right? Yeah. And maybe they're not even aware that they're stuck in the cycle. And I think that's really important to call it out, right? That like, no matter what, if you're succeeding, if you're feeling like a failure, are you doing it from the right place? Are you doing it out of self-love or you're doing it out of self-judgment? so that you can match some standard that society says you have and to match. And just to recognize that even when you recognize it, you still do it. Oh, yeah. So it's not about us going, like, we recognize it and we've totally figured it I've out. I've solved it. It's about saying, oh, shit, like, we're recognizing this. I wonder if other people are recognizing this, and I wonder if we can come together, because th- this has got to impact people in so many different ways that we don't even understand, yeah. right? We're only understanding the world through our lens and through our perspective. So one of the things that I want to do eventually is have people on this podcast to share their experiences, some of maybe the people who are in our community or – Uh, influencers that we work together with, things like that, because I feel like I want to better understand multiple perspectives. This is just our little world that we live in together, and I I don't want to be naive to the fact that there are many different perspectives and that, like, this impacts people in so many different ways. And I think even in the beginning, um, Tyler was nervous to join Nina and I, and I was nervous for you to join us too because I was like, how does, like, a fit, male come into this conversation he's got abs <laughs> like how does that happen right i i i'm nervous about cancel culture i'm nervous sure. about like and so i i think that the only way to 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 address it is to acknowledge it and then to say we're all here to come from curiosity we're all here to to learn as much as we can yeah. so that we can you know collectively come together and and hopefully make a shift and some of these things that we've normalized that are really not healthy for us. I think as a company too, what's really interesting is we've always talked about um, not being married to what we think is right, but always trying to point the right direction. And I I just see so many people out there, myself included at times, getting married to uh, a belief system and then just dying on the vine for that belief system, right? And I just wanna be the people who say, hey, here's what we're trying to figure out and we're, we're going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've thought like I had it all figured out and then realized I absolutely didn't. And um, I think that's important right now for people to come out and just have the conversation and, and keep it open. 
I think when you're honest too, and when you like share something, like that's a little bit like, you know, I'm embarrassed that like, I'm like, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds in two weeks. Like that's crash dieting, that's super unhealthy. I know better in my head. But like, you know, it's something that we all kind of carry with us and we do. And the more you discuss something like that, that you're like, maybe the TNT is a bit ashamed of with someone else, you have this immediate connection point. You have this immediate like, oh, me too. And anytime we can have that experience with somebody else who is coming from a different background than us or whatever, we like build a little bit more um, strength against that society standard that's given to us. Like we get a little stronger sitting here where we are being like, oh wow, like I don't want to do that anymore. And like, I did kind of think that that was normal. Like I remember you telling me the story about, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it, here but we go. yeah, I'm scared. We're going in, um, <laughs> go. about the, we're going in, <laughs> we're going in guys. It, it just got dark. Um, the, the Victoria's Secret models on, on the cabinets. Oh, that was like, bad. That, that was, was a bad. bad one. And today we know that's bad, but back hold then on, I was on, like, what on. a great idea. Let's, let's share the story. Well, y'all. I'm, I'll let t- Katie tell the story, yeah. but okay. So I remember thinking that was a great idea. I was real. a genius. So, like, oh you my did, God, did, I you, did you do this? I didn't actually ever cut out okay. the pictures, but like in oh, my, my head, I'm like, friend and I in college, so we cut out pictures of Victoria's Secret models and put them on our cabinets and our refrigerator so that we would, we would, res- so that we wouldn't eat food. Yeah. That's I mean, that horrifying. is, that's disordered eating. It's yeah. horrifying. And then I remember one time we like, and your friends are like, you're a genius. Yeah. I'm like, so, so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I think of that? Oh my God. No, it's really fucked up. Yeah. And what would you do if our daughters did that? Oh, I would. I would literally have a meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it would failure as a parent. I mean, intervention status. But that's what I'm talking about. Is some of these things are normalized for sure. And so let's let's talk about how you know is that best for us? (laughs) Is that serving us to 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 have a relationship with our body and with food that way? And the only thing I can think of is like get curious evaluate the standard and then collectively come together and say yeah that's not the standard anymore we're not going to do that anymore yeah and yeah one of the things i have started doing is unfollowing people that i feel like don't lift me up and make me feel good and so certain celebrities have not made the cut a lot of celebrities have not made the cut unfortunately because i'm like you're participating in a standard that i can't achieve that makes me feel like shit about myself every day and like whether it's just mindless scrolling anyway it's still messaging in my mind and i just need to like figure out a way to participate in this world that is not centered on everything being about looks on everything being about the size pants i wear or how much it's like i the idea it takes up so much time mental energy yeah i think a lot of those people too are on those feeds complaining about their looks it's like the people we're idealizing are still, oh my gosh, my hair's this way, or I could lose weight here. And it's like, if they're complaining, then I should complain even more. So it creates this super negative feedback loop around like us feeling really horrible about ourselves. Oh my God, I mean, you guys, the, the most topical thing I can think of is like the Kim Kardashian Met Gala dress thing, right? She lost 16 pounds in like as many days in order to fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress. And like this is a woman who's had significant plastic surgery, although she won't admit it. She's already working with a trainer. She's already working with a nutritionist. And I'm like, well, if she's doing that, like what in the world should I be doing, right? Like that's the message. Um, mm-hmm. And she's only gotten thinner since then. And like that's- And that's what I'm talking about is I feel like it's okay if she wants to do that in her own life. I don't want to tell people what to do. But I do think that we should stop and evaluate our societal values. And the only way you can do that is to stop and evaluate your own values. So if I value that, then I'm gonna follow that, then I'm gonna try that, then I'm gonna do that. And so I, I'm here to ask, like, how do we shift our values? Like, how do we, because it's so, those neural pathways, it's so ingrained to value that. Mm. And so, I don't know. I've been trying. I mean, she's a victim. We, she's a victim just the same way that you and yeah. I are. She's just participating in it at a different level. Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, I feel like it's also important for us to talk about the way we used to run a business and the marketing and the weight loss and the this because I feel like when you know better, you do better. And as we were starting to grow a business or as we were you know, embarking on our, on our path together in this journey of, of the fitness space, the health and wellness space, I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, once I knew better, I was like, I have an actual responsibility yeah. to do something about it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, even going it was funny because I remember even going to an event and people being like I don't know if you can do that that's a big battle to fight and I'm like okay like thanks for your opinion nobody's gonna buy something unless you tell them they're gonna lose weight right that's like and I'm just like okay you know so it's also like a reminder that we do vote with our dollar 
you know? And so I feel like for our company in particular, we've done things the wrong way for a long time. And I had a big wake up call in the last year and I am ready to, to really evaluate what are we selling and why are we selling it? And what are our values as a company and what are my personal values and what values do I wanna pass on to my kids? Is it about looks? Is it about fitting into a dress and crash dieting? Is it, I mean, and so I hope that this podcast can be like a platform for just discussion. I hope we can bring other people in to get other perspectives. Um, How do we stop praising looks? And that's that's like the question, right? Like, is when you look a certain way, society will praise you. That's what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. They'll say, your value is higher if you fit the standard. Yeah. Your value is lower and you should feel bad about yourself if you don't fit the standard. Like, like what do we praise instead? You know, like contribution, kindness. Like there's a million things we could praise that would change the world in such a positive way. But we're just like, hey, if you got this, this you know, body shape and you're in this pant size or whatever, like that, that's a sense of your value. I don't know. It's a question. I mean, what is, I mean, for women, that is, I mean, I'm what percentage, the question. <laughs> I know what, what percentage of our value is predicated on looks oh, that's mean, significant. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I think this is why years ago in a different time in my life, I was in child development because I felt like I could see some of these cultural, it wasn't specifically focusing on the health and fitness industry, but I could see some of these things that we were valuing as a culture and that we were normalizing that I was like, whoa, this is messed up. How do we, how do we shift this? And my answer at the time was going to child development because if you can, you know, teach children a better way, those neuropathways will be developed from then and then you won't have to undo all the damage. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it is just reestablishing those values within yourself. Everybody's got to do it in themselves. Like, yeah. we, like we go out there and try to change everyone else, <laughs> it's never going to work, right? We've got to keep our doorstep really clean. And then hopefully other people will feel um, curious and maybe uh, inspired to do the same thing. And just being okay with not knowing the exact way and just being okay with saying, hey, I'm noticing that I valued these things and I'm noticing that it doesn't really serve me. And it actually, when you stop and evaluate, like, does it make me happy to follow all of these celebrities who are posting these perfect pictures of themselves? Like, does it make me happy to do that? I mean, I think mm. I, I'm curious about what people would actually say about that, you I, know? I got to jump in on that one because this has been my work the last couple of years. And I just want to be super clear. And I know I'm not a woman, um, but I've had an experience of going from being horribly insecure and overweight and, you know, like just having all the wrong inputs to getting to a place where society would praise some of the things that I've been able to accomplish, both in business and the way my body looked and stuff. And I, I think why I'm bringing this up is not to try and gloat or anything like that. It's to basically say, I promise you, it doesn't make you feel whole. It doesn't make you feel happy. It doesn't matter how much stuff you get, how much um, money you make, how much whatever, how you look in your body. None of that will make you feel whole. It will just make you want more. That's the truth. That's my truth, at least my experience. And I think it's important for people who have had the, those experiences to talk about that, too, because it makes people who are chasing that question what they're chasing in the first place, because if you think that your life is about collecting things or looking a certain way, you're going to miss your life. You're going to miss your life. You ruined my whole day the other day when you told me that thing about people like having around 80,000 hours. Oh, yeah. Of I life. came in and we were talking about stoicism. Like, and dude, yeah. you just yeah. wrecked my life because yeah. 80,000 hours, Did right? You know that? Like, you have about, the average person lives 80,000 hours. Think about how many hours. That's, that's not we that many hours. Doing things that like just don't serve us, don't serve anyone really. Well, to be honest with you, since we've started down this path of like, let's deconstruct this and let's let's redefine values here. Oh, I've had a, I've, I've been able to breathe a little bit more. <laughs> I'm just like, do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm enjoying my dessert every night in a I, different way. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I just get to show up in the day in a, in a way that feels so much more peaceful. Now, I don't, ha I still see all the toxic patterns that I show up with every day. I yeah. still, I yeah. still see it, but I'm like, just the acknowledgement of, you know, that wasn't serving you and those values really aren't contributing to your life in a meaningful way. I've been able to shift some small things in my life that have brought me such relief that I'm like, what would happen if I shifted more? more I mean, it than... it really, really is insane to actually try. I mean, so far in my 34 years of life, self-hatred has gotten me literally nowhere. <laughs> like, it's done nothing. Like, I, 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 I cannot think of a single accomplishment I've achieved because I hated myself. 
Yeah. They've all come from all the, the positive changes I've made, the relationship, you know, successes I've had, et cetera, have all come from choosing to love myself more, learning how with therapy, help, like friends that can, you know, guide you in the proper direction and lead you back toward yourself. It's all come from that. It's never come from you suck, you're blowing it, you don't look the way you should or sound the way you should, like, or you should be embarrassed. None of that has gotten me anything. Learning yeah. from failure, right? I hear you saying that. And I know we've all done that a lot, right? Where you're just doing something and you're getting feedback and, you know, maybe you fail, right? Quote unquote fail. But like at the end of the day, we're just learning these incredibly valuable lessons that can help us become a better version of ourselves. And yeah, just to kind of say again, that's why I really wanted to do this podcast because I do feel like we have a responsibility in the fitness industry to have this conversation to bring to light what our values um, were and, and, and evaluate if they are serving us. And I really hope, I feel um, great privilege to be able to even like, like have the team and the people and everyone here collectively on the same page to sit down and have these discussions. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm excited. I don't know, like, what, you know, I think each week is going to be different in terms of what we're talking about, but I think it's necessary. And I think just being vulnerable and coming with our own experiences will really allow us to, to start the conversation and potentially shift some of those values internally so that we can all take a little breath and not feel like we have to reach these insane standards that we have called normal. Like, yeah. I, I just, yeah. I can't preach that enough. Like, let's, let's really Stop evaluate it. for the moving target. Let's, let's evaluate it, guys. Yeah. That so. feels like a good wrap-up. What do you think about that? Yeah. You feel good about yeah, that? Yeah, no, I think this is a great first yeah. episode. Give a little history. Give a little context. And, um... Love yourselves, y'all. Love yourselves a little <laughs> Be more. Make nice to yourself yeah, today. Make some decisions from that place. Like, and I think that you guys mentioned the awareness a lot. If there's anything I think somebody can take from this, it's that awareness. Where is that intention coming from? Is it coming from a place of self-judgment or is it coming from a place of self-love? If people can carry that with them and not even punish themselves when they notice it's coming from a place of self-judgment, that's the hard part, right? Is loving the parts of ourselves. More grace, right? I think that'd be really amazing. Uh, us too. I know that you're constantly noticing it. I'm constantly noticing it. I know you are as well, so. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'm excited to, to use this platform to hopefully serve a different narrative moving forward. So we'll catch you guys next week and thank you so much for listening. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we wanna hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, make sure you click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash free where you can build your first workout and activate your two-week free trial. See you next week.